Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we're going to talk to David Arcangelo from the United States, and he runs a very interesting business, and we're going to get right into things. So, David, where did you go to school in the United States? I went to Suffolk University, which is on Beacon Hill in Boston. Okay. And what uh, program did you take there? Yeah, I studied communication and journalism, and shortly after school, went to work right next door at the State House, and uh, all the government offices are really right near Suffolk, so it was kind of a natural extension. Uh, I used to cut class and watch the legislature debate. Uh, Public service has always been in my blood. My dad was an elected official. I worked on my first campaign when I was... 10 years old. I went to my first public meeting when I was eight. My dad took me to his board of aldermen meeting. Well, you must really be enjoying all the crazy stuff that's happening in terms of the upcoming presidential election. Yeah. I have a a different view than most people because (laughs) to me, it's making the sausages and most people like how the sausages take taste. They don't want to see how they're made. And now with all of these platforms and, you know, everybody has the devices and uh, the, the fragmentation of media, with all that, people now see how the sausages are made. And I think that's a big part of the angst that everybody feels. But, uh, you know, the wheel comes around. The pendulum will swing back the other way. For many years, we had moderate leaders and local, state, and federal offices, and now we tend to be more polarized here in the USA, and maybe even in Canada as well. I know with the truckers thing that happened, that was a big issue, and Trudeau was, to me, on the wrong side of that, and really uh, got some people upset, and for good reasons. I mean, these these COVID lockdowns that happened really uh, energized people on both sides, too. People who didn't take part in government before are now taking part. And as a result, there's a learning curve to that. And so I think that's part of what you see in society now is people are going back to their, you know, that for years they had put their eighth grade civics class in the back of their mind, and now they've moved it up. And, uh, you know, every everybody is an expert. Well, my wife was born in uh, New York City. And she went to University of Michigan that has a small football stadium. Yes, it does. <laughs> More than a small one. That, that's, uh, <coughs> what do they see? 100,000 something there, right? Yes. So having said this, tell me a little more about your work career. Yes. Yeah, so, I, again, I started out in government And right out of college, I worked for a state agency, and then I went and worked in the governor's office, and then in the state legislature, uh, and then in another agency. And then from there, I was kind of burned out on public service. So I went into the private sector and uh, ran a bus company. I did nonprofit housing development and uh, a couple of other things. I opened up my own business along the way. And then public service called me back, and I went back into public service and I ran 
for office and got elected for office. Uh, and then I ran for secretary of state. I might be the first person with a disability to ever reach a statewide ballot here in Massachusetts. I did that in 2014. And although I didn't win, uh, the then candidate and governor elect who went on to become the governor, Charlie Baker, asked me to go back into government. I had served with him when I was with previous administrations of Governor Weld and Salucci. He was a secretary. I was just a lowly aide, but he knew I was interested in government and he had known my uh, public service. So I went back in and ran the Office on Disability first for him, the Massachusetts Office on Disability, which is essentially the ADA coordinator for state government. Uh, and then from there, I went and became the commissioner of the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind. And then also during that time, I got tapped by the president, President Trump, to be his appointee or one of his appointees to the National Council on Disability. NCD is the highest federal agency for people with disabilities in terms of uh, the reach, you know, because we advise the president and Congress and all of the federal agencies on matters relative to disability policy. So I was on that as well. Uh, currently, I th those terms have expired, and currently I serve on the board of directors for the National Industries for the Blind. And uh, again, my service in government has just ended recently within the past couple of months. So I've opened my business back up, Archangel Communications. And uh, I don't know if you saw the news yesterday, we got certified as a disability-owned business enterprise by Disability In, which is the large national organization that certifies disability organizations. So we're pleased with that and looking to do business. So David, do you run this by yourself or do you have a team? Yeah, currently it's mostly me. I do have my crack intern though, Isabella D'Archangelo, my daughter, who I'm showing you a picture of her right now, Peter. She just turned 22. She's a person with a significant developmental disability, and she left the educational system uh, when her birthday, when she turned 22 in August. So she's here interning for me now, and hopefully at some point we'll be ready for competitive integrated employment. Uh, but right now we're just continuing to build skills for her. So it's me and her, and uh, I do loop in other professionals when needed and uh, have quite a bit of experience to be able to draw on. So it's mostly me, <laughs> but it's really the whole network that I've been able to build that we can put to work for organizations who are interested in uh, providing access to opportunities for people with disabilities. Excellent. So having said that, what are the services that your company is going to offer? Yeah, so I think people can work with Archangel in a couple different ways. One, if you want public relations services, we can provide those. So that's public speaking and writing and facilitating events, all of the PR stuff that goes into public relations. But then additionally, one of the things we're trying to emphasize is our program, Disability Employment Solutions. And that's really being able to leverage the experience that I have uh, at the local, state, and federal level, working on disability policies. And so that Disability Employment Solutions is mainly focused on what organizations can do to bring people with disabilities into their organization, either by providing opportunities from 
mentoring and interning, hopefully employing, but also working with people with disabilities on the supply chain and as vendor opportunities and all of the other opportunities that present themselves. So to me, it's about providing access to opportunities for people with disabilities. You know, I, I get fired up when nearly two thirds of all working age people with disabilities are not in the labor force. Forget about unemployed. If you are unemployed, at least you are in the labor force. Two thirds are not even in the labor force. That to me is a travesty. That is, that is society is failing and there is such talent contained within that group of people who are not in the labor force. I am just passionate about bringing those people into the labor force for two reasons. One, to be able to benefit them and so that they can you know, be independent and self-determined and not just relying on government benefits, but also for society, because I think there's really good ideas in that group that can help society. And somewhere in there, there's an invention for a better widget or a song or you know, some program that they can work on to make better. Well, I'll give you an interesting fact that you may not know. 1.3 billion people in the world have a disability, and they're the largest minority group. Yeah, I think that 1.3 billion figure you're citing is the WHO number. And that number, that definition is slightly different than the definition that I was just referring to, which, by the way, in U.S. federal code, in the law in, in the United States, there are 67 different definitions of disability. So I, I ask people, Peter, to really consider which people with disabilities we're referring to there because uh, there's so many different definitions that are qualifying people with disabilities in different ways. And that's not good or bad. That's just it is there for a reason. And so if we're going to talk about you know, because that WHO definition is closer to 20% of the population as a person with a disability. That's great, and that's inclusive, and I and I think that has value. So there's no, I'm not equivocating there, but we've got to make sure then that if we're doing that, we are indeed talking about capital D disabilities and including everybody, not just the archetypal metaphor that many of the disability community have uh, been referencing for years, right? the person in a wheelchair, the person with a cane or a guide dog. Well, let's look at the look at vision disabilities, for an example. I'm legally blind. There are just as many, if not more, people who are blind who have vision closer to me than do somebody who's fully blind and has no sight at all. That kind of is counterintuitive to the archetypal metaphor, though, that people have come to think of and accept. So... I view disability as a spectrum, Peter. We are all in various states of ability. Yes, I have two disabilities myself. They're both physical. But having, having said that, David, where do you see your company three years from today? Great question. Well, I'm ever the optimist. So Hopefully, uh, right now here, I'm, I'm here in my office with me and Isabella. Hopefully, this office is overflowing with people, and we've got workers working on all these important projects. So, uh, really, I do have a growth mindset, and I hope to be able to get to millions of dollars in revenue with, you know, a lot of employees working for us, working on these projects. 
it's a challenge, though. I recognize the data indicates that most businesses fail within the first five years. So uh, we're trying our best. These are challenging times. These are uncertain times. But again, I'm optimistic, and we just need clients. We need businesses to call on us and say, hey, let's do business. Let's get people with disabilities involved with our organization. Have you heard of Abilities Expo? Oh, sure. Yeah, David. Oh, what's his name? Is it uh, David? Yeah. Uh, I'm David Torch is a court. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Great guy. They tour around the country really showing uh, all of the different exhibits relative to new devices and programs and great things going on with disability. We actually sponsored them when I was director of the Office on Disability here uh, one year when we ran our, our program that was like almost concurrent to theirs. We had a disability summit at the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center where they had the Abilities Expo uh, and they, we coordinated around the time. So it was like, you know, it worked out. So uh, having said that, what do you need from the listening audience? Yeah, you know, any decision makers out there that want to improve <laughs> our human condition, Archangel Communications can help there. And we can provide the, the strategies and tactics and work with your business to improve the results to get people with disabilities employed or mentored or interned or interviewed or on your supply chain, whatever the case may be, there is real opportunity there. And again, leveraging my experience uh, serving on the national level and the state level as commissioner and director. And you know, I was a local official too. So navigating that public landscape and integrating it with private uh, to be able to provide opportunities for people with disabilities. So anybody out there, who's interested in that, go to archangelcommunications.com and, and send us a message. Let's have a dialogue. Well, that's terrific. Well, I'm going to thank you, but I also want you to stay with me. Sure. So thank you for your time this morning, David. You have a great story to tell, and you have passion in terms of what you're doing. Well, thank you, Peter. Thank you for recognizing that. I do have the passion myself personally, for my daughter, for my brothers, uh, really, and for society. We can, we can do better than what we're doing now. And 